Welcome to the Hockey is for Everybody podcast. I am your host, Anthony Walsh. Kendall Bogan-Porter is out sick today. We have an incredible guest, Elena Evans, and can't wait to get to her interview. But first, I want to give a quick shout-out to the Blue Ox Tournament Youth Hockey Hub up in Moorhead. Good luck, guys. Appreciate it. Also want to shout-out to Urban Foundation and the Duster League. Third Coast Coaching, Eric Vetch and the Huey Lau family for donating books to classrooms for anti-bullying. Thank you so much. I also want to say that there's a book signing for the Hockey's for Everybody uh, book, uh, Anthony's Goal, uh, on December 15th at Devani's on Gus Young Lane. I, the author Anthony Walsh, will be there to sign books, take pictures, pizza and drinks are complimentary. As well, we will be talking about the Mitchell Miller incident or the Mitchell Miller situation in Boston next week when our other host, Kendall Bowen-Porter, is back. Another exciting update is the Charles and Jay LLC website is up and running, so check that out. Thank you so much. Cannot wait to get to our show. Yeah. I can do what I wanna and make you a believer here you say I from steady in the street corner and make you a believer, make you say I Thank you so much, Ilana, for being here. Please uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive into this episode. Well, thanks, Anthony, for having me. A little bit about me. Um, I think you and I actually share a very similar story in terms of adoption, our love for hockey and sports, Um, growing up in in the western suburbs of Twin Cities, um, and um, I'm I'm 25 today. It's my birthday, so I'm I'm just excited to be here. Happy birthday! Wow, <laughs> shout out there. That's incredible. What does Thank it you. feel like to? Uh, I understand this is your second podcast now, but to have such a cool event on your birthday. Uh, well, I'm I'm honored to be here, and I'm excited. And um, I, it's not every day that you get to do a podcast, and it's not every day that's your birthday. Well, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so just right quick here, uh, before we had met and we had had some coffee and. We took a picture and you made a post, and in that post you said that you can't wait to talk about community. So I do want to dive in right now. What does community mean to you and why, and what does that mean? Yeah, good question. I think community is you know a group of people that share similar characteristics, but beyond that, for me, community is also people who are in your circle who are uplifting and who are encouraging and um, you know share certain passions and beliefs um, similar to you or share similar stories or backgrounds. Um, and I think... Um, for, for me, uh, communities I've gained are just, you know, within the world of amputees, within sports, specifically hockey, um, which we'll touch on. And then um, just family and friends and faith and church communities, think, things like that, areas of my life that are really, really important to me. That's fantastic. I do also want to talk about the idea of, um, you know, how, how would you identify? Um, just, you know, I myself identify as um, you know, a black man, an adoptee, um, you know, uh, a law student, an author, um, you know, identity, I think it's incredibly important in this world as well. And I, I just, you know, how do you identify? It's a really good question. And now I'm thinking of this it's just two weeks ago, somebody asked, like, who are you? Who would you say you are? And I couldn't answer it. And I'm still learning who I am. Um, I think we're always going to be kind of building on that answer. But I mean, I'm a, 
I'm an adoptee as well, similar to you. And I'm, I'm a, a female, a woman, um, an athlete and a learner, um, a friend, a sister, um, and a, and a go getter. (laughs) That's a go, go getter. Okay. I, I agree. Um, you know, from everything that I know, and I, I definitely would describe myself as, as one as well, but uh, you know, when you say go getter, what does that mean? How are you go getting in life? I think just hustling and being passionate about things and going after that. Um, I think about uh, my passion for people. People, people are my passion. It what they're what drive me, and I, um, I, I make, I want to make time for people and to be with others and um, be in fellowship and in just in great community. Um, and, and there's that word again, community. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that that's one example of, of, of being a go-getter, but just uh, in other ways, in work, in school, um, in sports, it's just being strong and, and going after what you love and, and putting your, you know, 110% into everything. You're, you're mentioning sports a lot. Um, you know, <laughs> what is your first memory with sports? Oh, man. Um, well, I started, I think I started sports at like, I think I put my first pair of skates on at age four um and I Love remember that. I oh was <laughs> um but you were flying around out there yeah well when you start young you learn you'll yeah. learn, learn a lot faster <laughs> but um I think I, I remember clinics hockey clinics um and just with boys and girls and, and learning just even simple things like simple drills you know to the blue line and all that and um, I just developed great friends from that and, and really good experiences, and it, it became such a, a place I wanted to be, um, not just the rink, but just with those people, um, and, and really brought some great friends out of that, um, you know, starting at such a young age. What is it about hockey that drew you in? I don't know where it comes from. My dad got me into it. <laughs> I tried just Shout about every – Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Um, I tried just about every sport growing up. Um, and I, hockey just landed on my heart. I love hockey. Um, I'm born in Russia, so that might be, it just might be in my blood. Um, but yeah, it was just a place that um, I, I, I fell in love with the sport and then also the people and the teammates. Okay. <laughs> I could not agree. The love of the game. And what I always say, I think it's the fastest game on two feet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just nothing more exhilarating than flying around on the ice, that cold breeze in your face and, um, that ability to kind of, again, you know, play this sport that's so unique, um, you know, no knock on any other sport, but a lot of other sports, you know, you can just play that sport. You can pick it up, and if you're an incredibly talented individual, you can play football, basketball, soccer, et cetera, right? Now, you know, at a professional level, maybe not that as well, right? But just the ability to actually play hockey, you have to know how to skate. And, um, you know, and then once you've learned how to skate, then there's also the compact, the, the components of uh, stick handling with your head up and shooting and uh, stopping and starting and people trying to hit you if you're playing at that um, kind of level. And, you know, um, so there's just so many different things that I find incredible about that. And, um, you know, that's definitely why I, I think I fell in love with it, you know, starting at around the same age as you did, three and a half years old, put skates on and started playing hockey when I was four. Um, and, you know, I n- you know, never looked back from there, but um, it had so many great memories and I you know, know you have as well. But you did mention being born in Russia, and I guess, like, you know, what were the circumstances that brought you to the United States, and um, if you're able to talk about that, and um, if you 
do you have any memories prior to to that if that's something that you have Sure. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll just go all the way, way, way back to the Take beginning. It, taking um, it back to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was I was born in Russia and um, I honestly don't know a lot of my first three years there, but um, I was born with a birth defect um, called longitudinal deficiency of the tibia, which is um, either you're either born with partial shin bone or no shin bone. And um, for me, it was one on on either leg. And so my had feet, I had toes, regular legs, everything, but they were all twisted in a little deformed. And so um, that inhibited walking. And so for three years of my life, I was just crawling around on my knees. And um, I think also because of my disability, I guess I don't know all the the reasons behind it, but I was in an orphanage. Um, so I was, um, I, I was an orphan for three years of my life. And I don't know the reasoning, you know, why my parents put me up for adoption or, or all the reasons um, for that. But anyway, I was in an orphanage for three years of my life in Russia. And then I was adopted by my parents here in Minnesota, um, or my family here, um, when I was three and a half. And from there, um, I I came over to the States months later and then, um, uh, had, had my both legs amputated at three and a half, closer to four, probably. So, that is, you know, I was, um, I was in an orphanage as well for a much shorter period of time. And um, so I don't, you know, I don't bring that up to say that. But, you know, I I think of it from my perspective of being so blessed to have mm-hmm. been adopted into such a great situation, um, you know, because, you know, not everybody's able to then experience that as well. Um, so with um, having your legs amputated and, um, was that through Shriners? Yeah, yep, it was through Shriners Hospitals. Um, my parents heard about Shriners. Uh, now it's called Shriners Children's, actually. Um, and they heard about Shriners um, as a good resource for someone like me coming over here with, you know, uh, amputation looming in the future. I would need my legs to be amputated to be able to walk. Um, and so they they met with doctors and they, you know, went through the facility and really got to know the place before I even came over here. Um and felt like that that was going to be the best fit. And Shriners is an incredible, incredible system that um, it, it is no cost to the family to go through um, an amputation or for prosthetics or coverage or um, anything for, you know, uh, up until the age of 21. So it's four children. So I, I recently, well, <laughs> okay, now I'm 25, so it's been <laughs> longer than I thought, but Time flies. <laughs> um, graduated, so to speak, from Shriners, um, and, and I'm no longer there, but I, I still get to do um, ambassador work. I'm uh, on the patient alumni network, and um, I will I will always be um, saying just great things about Shriners and, and trying to tell the world about Shriners if I can. Um, shout out to Shriners, and I always see the commercials, and I always am hearing about great stories that Shriners is doing. So honestly, if you're hearing this message, please, um, you know, donate to an incredible cause. And we have somebody here who, you know, benefited incredibly and is now um, giving back to society in ways that we can never imagine, um, you know, due to something like Shriners. I also just want to um, shout out, it's November. It's um, Not only is it uh, my birthday was a couple of days ago on Ilana's, uh, Ilana's birthday is now, um, but, you know, it's also National Adoption Awareness Month. So, it's really cool to be able to have someone, um, not only um, a hockey player, but a fellow adoptee, um, you know, they've, they've, uh, on this month to be able to talk about 
you know these kind of issues. So thank you again, Elena, for um, Elena for coming on here and um, you know for talking about these issues with me because I know it's not always really that easy. And uh, you know, definitely, really thank you for for that. So yeah, absolutely. So with playing sports, how did you get into playing sports? So I am not familiar with. Um, you know, how that necessarily works. Um, do you, like, was it an easy transition for you? Or, um, you know, how did you know um, what you liked and maybe you just followed what you were good at? But, you know, tell us a little bit about how you, I saw your story and you you played every single sport basically, right? So, um, <laughs> you know, how does somebody do that? And, you know, how did you have so much ambition and energy and talent? Tell us about that. Sure, yeah, and especially as an amputee, I mean, Actually, I'll go back to what I said before. I just, I tried everything. I, I love sports. I don't know why. I was just born with the love of sports um, and athletics and being active and getting out and moving. Um, and having my amputation at such a young age and learning to walk as a double amputee at a young age, um, it's all I've ever known. So for me to, to get skates on or go play softball or whatever, it's, it's no different for me um, versus um, – you know, somebody with two normal legs, because <laughs> that's how they know how to walk too, or, or run or play. Um, and so, yeah, I think sports just became such an equalizer for me, such a vehicle to to meet people and to um, not, not, not necessarily approve a point, but just go out and live life and be normal. Um, and, and sure, I guess I could say prove a point that amputees can do this, or anybody with a difference, um, uh, you know, varying abilities can still go out and play sports. And I think you and I both have a huge passion for making hockey accessible to everyone, all abilities, um, all differences, all backgrounds. Um, so that's, that's huge on my heart. And I think I, I learned that from a young age, just being a double amputee on skates um, and playing with, um, you know, a team of, of able body. I, I don't even like saying that, but, you know, able body players um, who you know, for half the season might not have even known I was an amputee. So to, to have that be a vehicle and an equalizer for me was just huge at a young age. And equalizing and what you're doing now, representation matters. I guess a question, um, and I and I can't relate in it um, in this sense, but being like a minority, being a person that grew up in a white society, um, somebody that stood out, um, did you ever feel like you stood out? Um, and if so, how did that make you feel in what kind of um, actions did you take kind of to either prevent that, combat that, or, um, you know, make that, um, make you not, you know, feel as you didn't belong? Sure, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I definitely stood out my first couple of years. I was on all-boys teams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> or, or at least one year I was on an all-boys team <laughs> in Minnetonka. So, I mean, Minnetonka, first of all, and right. then oh, all-boys yeah. <laughs> and an amputee. It's like, could I not stick out more like a sore thumb? But, um <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely did. And and there were I, once I started playing with girls and, and more competitively um, and, and especially moving into year, like high school years where appearances are so, gosh, they matter way too much. And um, that's tough. Like looking back, I, I, I think I developed a lot of strength and a lot of endurance and just, you know, self-love through those years um, as tough as it is being um, – uh, you know, not just being a, a woman in high school, but being, or a girl in high school, but, but being an amputee or somebody with a difference or um, often seen as just a, a, a disabled or a disability um, or a person with a disability. So yeah, definitely rough, 
days, hard days. Not every day was just easy, but um, I have just, I have the greatest friends, especially through sports. Um, I have the most wonderful family and encouragement, and I've always had them as a support system. Um, for me, again, like we've talked about this, faith is really important to me and to, to recognize who I am and who made me um, and why, you know, this is, this is how I am and this is why I'm unique. Um, because again, it's just a piece of us. It really is just an aspect of our lives. Everybody has something unique about them or a disability or a special need or something, even if it's not visible. And I think you got to remember that and accept people for just who they are. Um, I know I'm trying, I'm <laughs> sound like I'm preaching, but seriously, like, no, preach, please. To, <laughs> if, I, if I could tell my younger self that, um, yeah. that yeah. just to, just to love that, that difference about me, it, it makes me unique and to champion that. Um, and if I, you know, if younger girls or, or anybody's hearing this, that's absolutely love that part and, and excel in that area of your life because, um, it comes across as confidence and people love confidence. And I think you're just going to attract more people in your life if you just own who you are and, and every um, piece of you that makes you unique. Wow. I just got chills, you know, from that. <laughs> that was a incredible. Um, you know, em- embrace your differences, embrace them. Um, you know, you nothing to hide, right? There's nothing to be ashamed of the way that God made you. Um, embrace your differences. Wow. Something that, I do want to ask, um, we had kind of talked about it a little bit as well, but, and I'll, I'll, I'll start just from my end personal. I was about, you know, three and a half, actually around the time I started skating. Right. Um, my mom always tells me the story, but I, um, so actually one, so you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and miss some. No. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, Hey mom, you're black. I'm white. I'm a guy. You're a girl. Um, you, I'm tall. You're short or you're, you're tall. I'm short you with glasses I don't I butchered that a little bit but just but long story short and then I said but you know what mom we're a lot alike and that was something that was really incredible I think for me to hear when I was older but just that you know we are um you know so aware as children and then I guess so then I'll also cameo with this where one time my mother saw me looking through the cupboards and um she you know asked me what I was doing and I said I was looking for my birth mom and like, I don't, you know, I was very young, no idea what I was doing, what I was thinking, but that is what was my answer. You know, when I was always a very curious kid for that reason to want to try and connect with my biological family. But so then my question is, you know, uh, being, you know, adoptee, like what kind of conversation was that like? Did you have to have that with your parents of like, you know, you're an adopted person. Um, I know that um, one Lonnie and your mother as well um, and your brothers who you had mentioned um, loved, loved you unconditionally. So that's, but just like, you know, there is still, like, you would have to know, or at least or maybe at one point know that you were adopted and what that means. So, like, what did that look like? And then um, we also kind of talked about this off air, but uh, do you have any uh, interest in connecting with biological family or, you know, what does that look like? Or maybe just your Russian culture and, you know, heritage, learning the language, anything like that. Like, what does that look like? Sure. Yeah, super good questions. Um, so to, to answer the first one, I... I'm sure my parents have stories of things I said similar to your cupboard story. Um, uh, I I don't know if I've, they've always been so open about my adoption. I think I knew about it, um, you know, through the process of amputation and, and just everything. Um, to, yeah, it's, it's never been something that they hid from me or that I had to try to pry and figure out answers. Um, but like I said, I'm sure they have stories of, of you know, certain questions I've asked or, or something just unique trying to figure out my background. 
Um, but with your second question, um, with Russia, I'm I'm super interested in learning more about the culture and um, the people and the language and, and going back someday. I've been to the Ukraine, which is the closest. Um, wow. I felt you know close to home. I think it was like a four hour train ride from from where my orphanage was. Um, so I was very close, and I could feel it in the air. It was just this unique feeling. But um, I have have not been back. I don't have a huge desire to go find my um, biological family. I, I wouldn't even know where to start, to be honest. But um, yeah, so that that desire hasn't been there necessarily to go find family or to go find like reasons to my questions. But I am interested in the culture and just learning more about where I came from. And I. For myself, had um, a couple years ago in 2020, uh, through a DNA thing that I was doing for a completely different reason in 2017, ended up reuniting with my biological family and had, um, you know, wanted that result for a while and have, you know, since then it's not affected, mm -hmm. um, you know, how I felt about anything else in my life. Um, but yeah, so to hear that you're saying that makes a lot of sense. And my brother, I don't think he'd mind me saying this, but as far as I know, like I've talked to him a bit, he doesn't have any real interest in, you know, seeking out his biological family. I have, and who's my brother's adopted as well. Mm -hmm. um, I have some other friends who, um, you know, say, say the same thing. And then I have other friends who are, you know, very much seeking out, um, you know, their family. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really, thank you for sharing that. That's super personal. And, yeah. you know, it's not always really the easiest thing to talk about because kind of, again, like adoption in itself can be a, taboo thing can be a you know like you know um a weird thing for for some people in some in society and then also kind of again we talk about then going down the loopholes of like um meeting minorities or having disabilities and then you know what that also you know tax on so yeah. um you know those everyday struggles you know like you kind of mentioned the day-to-day -day, right can, can sometimes be tough but overall um i'm so glad that we were able to you know, for me, actually, and I'm sure probably for you as well, um, and we'll get back to that, but, you know, youth sports being a refuge, right, for those kind of things, right? Like having something to excel at, to look forward to, to go to every day, um, you know, to um, kind of, again, um, <laughs> to be in community with really helped and, you know, didn't make it so you thought a lot about that. You mentioned how strong your faith was as well and what that means to your family. Has that... Um, how how has that helped you along your journey? And just like, what does that look like um, for you? Like, how often do you think? Um, maybe it's all the time, but you know, what do you use your faith as a bulwark for a lot of the t you know uh, struggles that you're dealing with? Yeah, I think. Oh gosh, I think faith's just it's in every crack of my life. Um, my my relationship with with Jesus as a Christian. It's, I mean, to remember. I, I touched on this before, but to remember who we're made, who made us, like why I'm this way how God's using me in my life. Um, I just think it's a great way to, to point people to Christ. And, um, I know that's not going to, um, not everybody's going to, you know, re relate to that and, and take that away from this podcast, but just in general, that's something that's very big in my life. And, um, you know, growing up in church and having just a great community of believers and people who supported me and, um, they knew about my story since I was so little because my parents were so active at church and, um, they were, you know, church, that community became a family as well. So, um, yeah, that is a lot of ways. Um, I think also faith has given me such an empathetic uh, heart and, in and understanding other people. And, um, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's a heart, it's a, 
it's a heart shift. I can't explain it, but just um, as a believer with more of that long-term perspective, um, knowing where we're going next and who we're going to be and um, in, in all the wonderful ways that God's working in my life, and hopefully um, people are seeing that through me. I want people to you know, meet me and say, there's something different about you. And, um, you know, that's not my doing. I hope that that's, you know, God working through me. So, yeah. Well, I, I for one, uh, felt that when I met you. And I can guarantee other people will as well. You know, your enthusiasm, your spirit, your energy, uh, you know, it shines through the video in itself and shines through the microphone. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, Thank the you. future <laughs> is bright. And I know that you being you and what you wanting to be a vehicle to help people that, uh it's such a beautiful thing because, you know, we do have a lot of this toxicity in the world. So positive messages and uplifting those is the least that we can do. So <laughs> I do want to now move on to the dreaded uh, Tonka, right? The dreaded skippers. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your experience in Minnetonka, maybe middle school, high school. And then I know you played hockey, but then eventually made the shift to softball um, and, you know, excelled at that as well. So talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, I don't know what, why you're saying dreaded, but um. well, I'm an Odina guy over here, right? So <laughs> no, can't can't kidding. let people forget that technically, oh, but you know, at the <laughs> crosstown rivals. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Um, well, once a skipper, always a skipper, and <laughs> hornets um, never die. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> here we going go. Going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, no, but I. I mean, I had a great like, and I wanted to mention this before. I had a beautiful upbringing and I'm so, so grateful for that. And, and back to the adoption piece, not everybody did. And it's good to recognize that, that I know you have a lot of friends who are adopted who do not have the same story as, as you, as me, Correct. um, and yeah. who struggle with it a lot. So, um, just right now I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude for, for, for my upbringing and how that, um, how that panned out. But I mean, I guess with school specifically, yep, I went to Minnetonka public schools growing up all the way through um, high school. And I mean, again, comes back to people. I had a great group of friends, great teammates. I started softball at a young age too, um, which actually worked great for, for softball and hockey in the off seasons. But um, yeah, um, you know, I think every girl, I think every person can feel this, um, that the deeper you get into high school years, the more it's about appearances, the more it's about um, popularity and, and, wealth. I mean, uh, Edina in Minnetonka, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, you're totally right. It's you look at like the, and the I people. just, <laughs> I never really yeah. felt that way about myself. I didn't identify. I actually hesitate to tell people I'm from Minnetonka. I feel like there, um, there's, there's negativity around that. And, and I don't want it to be that way. Cause I just wasn't that kind of person at all. Um, and I think, I mean, again, that comes down to family. That's how it was raised. Um, and it, you know, I, I, I never want to flaunt wealth or um, riches or opportunities or just, uh, you know, things like that. I want to capitalize on them and, and, you know, have something come, something good come out of it. But, um, yeah, I just, I never want that to be seen as a negative thing because that's just not who I am down to the core. Um, although I will say we are extremely rich compared to some people in this world. So, um, and, and have a lot of, a lot of opportunities and, and good in our life. But anyway, sorry, preaching again. Um, no, seriously, I <laughs> could not agree more. Just that perspective, right? Yeah. Um, I, I felt very, you know, in the same way where I am so, so, so fortunate. Um, I could not almost be more fortunate, but I know people that are, you know, plenty more fortunate as well, you know, so yeah. then that's, you know, but I'm grateful for just the, the life that I have. And every day I wake up and I thank God that I am who I am and that I'm confident in my own skin and 
my own person and, um, you know, what that means. And, you know, I will say that there, um, you know, that was a struggle at one point, you know, in my life having to grow up with all those questions, again, of being transracial adoption and, um, you know, just being like, again, one of the only people of color in my community and playing a sport like hockey and all that. But yeah, you know, um, you know, glad to say that I am, um, you know, super confident in who I am. So I'm uh, glad that you are as well and that you can feel, again, super blessed and grateful and confident with the life that you're living because um, you being here is just a testament, again, to, you know, your strength and your ability to, um, you know, being grateful and giving back to, you know, the community that you, that helped raise you and do amazing things for you. Uh, how did you... Like what? What was it about softball, and um, what did, position did you play? Um, you know, tell me a little bit about softball. I know yeah. it's hockey is for everybody podcast, but you know, you sports is the it's the medium that we're going with here. So yeah, tell us a little bit about you, uh, softball. Yeah, no, I think that's a great question because I think some of the, my, my greatest friends came from softball, and still today, I mean, we are going to be in each other's weddings. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's oh just best gosh. friends. Shout um, out, <laughs> <laughs> softball. Woo. Yeah, <laughs> woo woo. Um, but yeah, it's. Oh, that was so good. And I, I think I, I continued softball longer than I did hockey. I had some knee injuries and then knee surgery and I was cleared for softball and not hockey and all, you know, just, it got complicated. But, um, so more years in softball, I, I did some just intramural softball in college cause I didn't play competitively anymore. I was just did it on the side in Excelsior, um, with, with the same group of girls that I grew up playing with and, and others. So I got to meet a lot of new people. Um, but yeah, softball was just, it's it's it was a sport I excelled at. I loved. Um, I I pitched for probably the majority of my softball career, and then I kind of bounced around between third and outfield, um, just because I wanted to try other other positions, especially as I I did more non competitive. Did you ever uh, clock your miles per hour? Well, okay, so I did yeah. an immediate softball, so it was underhand with uh-huh. certain regulations. It was not fast pitch. Okay, but okay, okay. I, well, I always wanted to try fast pitch. Mm-hmm. I thought I could I could whip that pretty hard. <laughs> Get up there, nine, 90 mile an hour. Yeah, under, fast, yeah. fast okay. pitch is such a different game. But, um, yeah, I, it, <laughs> I remember one story. So I was pitching, and I think it was a doubleheaders long tournament um, weekend, and um, – I was pitching against somebody I knew who, I mean, she nails the ball every time she hits it. And I thought, oh, gosh, here we go. I'm just going to pitch like usual. And um, she did nail it straight into my leg. <laughs> oh, my God. And you just hear a gasp from the crowd like, oh, oh my gosh, my is she gosh. okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. I got prosthetics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> so... Some good, 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 funny that stories so coming sweet. out of softball, but <laughs> like running over to you, like no, 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 that's cool. Get back, get back to the base. If right. anything, it slowed the ball down, so <laughs> made that play. Oh but my god! Yeah, softball was just incredible. Also, a great vehicle and, and great opportunity, and great teammates and friends who came from that. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. So. And then, um, so you had mentioned college, and you went on to Bethel University. And uh, for anybody, uh, if you do listen to the podcast, that. I had done with Tony Scott a couple months ago. I, I was frequently at Bethel um, as well. So we did not cross paths, but I'm sure we have a couple of friends, you know, that and know each other. So, yeah, you ended up going to Bethel University and uh, you graduated with a degree in communications. And uh, but before that, I'm, what was your experience like at Bethel? Well, great question. Um, I, I knew I wanted to go to Bethel for many years before I was a student there. And um, I think I was just craving that 
um, well, I, you know, growing up in Minnetonka, that's a very different school system than a private Christian university. And um, I also had family who went to Bethel. So um, I just, I knew I wanted to go. I loved it. It was a great um, transition from crazy, chaotic public schools to <laughs> more <laughs> private um, <laughs> Christian schools with, with people who want to be there because they want to be there. Yeah. Um, more intentional, I think, about um, their decision to be there. But um, yeah, it was a really good experience. Again, great people, great friendships that came out of Bethel. I'm actually uh, roommates with some some Bethel girls now, um, just with best friends. And um, yeah, really wonderful community there. I, I worked in the Wellness Center, so the NCAA um, uh, fitness facility, brand new, um, really I <laughs> state of the art. I mean, one of the nicest facilities um, I've ever uh, been to and worked at. And so I did all four years there. And so I really got involved with athletics and um, working with coaches. And, you know, we'd have different teams come in for team lifts and, and schedules and yoga classes and, you know, just all that stuff, get, getting to be involved in that. Um, as well as overseeing and running the facility. So great experience at Bethel overall and great education. Yeah. Do they um, still do Vespers all the time? They yeah. do. I yeah. love Vespers. Yeah. Talk a little bit about Vespers. Yeah. So Vespers, uh, I, I think it's still Sunday nights, um, and it's just a time of worship. They have two different services, 8 and 10 p.m. And I just see it. I always I, – I like to go because it was um, such a great way to wrap up a week but also to start a week. So if I went to the 10 o'clock service on a Sunday, um, you know, I'd go to bed and start the next week feeling just great and energized and refilled. And um, I, I love worship music and, and being in fellowship with other people who are there for the same reason. So um, Vespers is, is an awesome experience. Did, did you ever yeah. go to Vespers? Oh, yeah, that, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. What are what are a few of your worship, your favorite worship songs? Oh, man. You're Name uh, three. The yeah, I got it. Okay, okay. One of three. One to three. <laughs> Well, and just belt it out. You don't oh. have to think about it. Just belt it. Oh no, let's not do no, that. No, no, um, none of that. Okay. <laughs> I would say probably one of my favorite songs um, that has turned into a contemporary worship song, but also it's just an old, old hymn. Is it is well with my soul. I love that song. Um, I think everybody can relate to it in some piece of their life or a period of their life, um, and it's it's just a beautiful song of remembering that no matter what we're going through, no matter what trials. Um, we face it is it is well with my soul it's god is there you know on this earth we're here to live for christ um and and, and dying is gain going to heaven so um yeah god's got us you know wonderful provision and um his hand is over our life so to remember that it is well with my soul no matter where i'm at um is just such a beautiful reminder that is a beautiful reminder i always live by that service is the rent that i'm paying to occupy this earth you know and that that's always how I've lived my life and uh you know I feel so kind of again we both talked about this but how grateful and blessed to um you know we both started our lives at an orphanage and um you know not everybody is always adopted out of an orphanage right and the outcomes you know for people that do have to age out for every reason you know that you can imagine is not always that great and um so yeah to be able to be where I'm at now to speak out and to try and now funnel resources back to those kinds of uh, programs to get kids either, you know, adopted by great families or to then help them survive once they've aged out of this system that the U.S. government or, you know, the state government has put them into um, is why I feel so strongly about that. So I just uh, could not agree more with what 
you were saying about your favorite song and what that means, but also then um, how I relate that to, you know, that uh, service is the rent that we're paying to occupy this incredible planet. So, uh, yeah. So what did you find yourself doing after school? Because I know you've recently graduated and that um, we don't want to use the word ambassador, but you are working, um, you know, with Shriner still a little bit, um, you know, just as representation matters, getting out the positive word of the great experience that you had there. But tell us more about what you're up to now. Yeah, well, I guess to touch on Shriner, since you mentioned that, I, I, yeah, I guess ambassador, I'm not an official ambassador, but I do ambassador work for them. Um, I got to speak at the uh, Twin Cities Gala this um, last summer, which was an incredible honor as well as terrifying. <laughs> I'm not a public speaker, but the thing is I did it and I was like, you know what, I could do that again, especially because I'm talking about Shriner, something that ma- really matters to me and mm-hmm. is on my heart. And, and, you know, now when people say, hey, t- tell, tell me about your experience at Shriner, I'm like, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> Let's talk. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I, I love it and have been able to be involved in, in some cool opportunities um, and, you know, just maintaining those relationships through Shriners. I'd love to to be more involved in the future as well. But, um, you know, graduate. so I graduated in 2020, and as we all know, that was a very difficult year for everybody um, with COVID, and so finding a job definitely took some time. Um, but I, I've, I've been in a couple positions. I won't mention, you know, the companies or anything. Yeah, I'll I keep that it. on, yeah. uh, whatever. But, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've just been working and staying busy and, um, again, doing Shriner stuff and other ambassador stuff, as well as being invi- invited on a podcast, which is new for me. So, yeah, you um, got invited to another one, right? Are you, did yeah. you follow up with that? Yeah, good. I can't it's wait crazy. to check that out too. It's going to keep on happening. I know. Maybe that's yeah. my calling, but I, Honestly, I love it. I absolutely seriously. love it. I just get to sit down and have a conversation and yeah. talk about the stuff that matters to me. And you're a good public speaker because, I mean, this is technically public speaking. You know, we're live and everything. I, don't, I can technically see you. I mean, people are watching. If you are watching, thank you again for tuning in. Um, comments, all that. I might go check them out in a second oh, here, but um, just something I kind of want to say really quick is, I mean, like you are, and why I'm so fascinated and just like so grateful for the work that you're doing is that, um, again, it reminds me of myself, right? I was in Washington D.C. I had my biological family. I was a law student, right? I was living life. I was I, like, honestly, everything was great. I was in the best time of my life. And um, 2020 happened, as you mentioned, right? And then I did watch George Floyd get lynched um, on camera, right? Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, everybody saw that over and over and over and over. And then there was, you know, multiple days after where Minneapolis was on fire. And again, I don't want to debate the merits of like what happened there. Right. But it happened. Right. And like, mm-hmm. so at the end of the day, like I'm sitting in D.C. now watching this. And like I had a W.B. Du Bois moment where he was watching. Um, he he was doing his work, scientific stuff. Right. And Samuel Hose um, ended up being lynched. And he said, I can no longer be working on scientific work when this is happening, right? I got to do something. So that was my moment. And I transferred back here to be on the ground to do grassroots work. You know, shout out Mitchell Hamlin. I'm a law student there. I'll be graduating soon. Um, but the reason I mentioned that, the reason why, like, I'm doing now what I'm doing, like, somebody called me to this earlier today. You kind of heard of them on the phone, but they were like, wow, like, I thought you were going to stop doing this kind of stuff, right? I thought you were going to just kind of like, you know, lose steam and, you know, you're going to do, co- you know, a couple things and you're going to be done. And I was like, you know, no, this is what I am. This is my life. This is my, yeah, this is my story. This is my life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, this is what we're doing. Like, if we don't speak out about what is going on with these circumstances and like nobody will, and like the next generation will be, um, you know, forced to deal with this kind of stuff. So kind of again, my ode to you, but also my challenge to you, um, you know, I challenge you to continue to do this work. And, but like, I know that you will because of what your answer just was there. And that's why I'm so excited because Mm -hmm. like you are telling your story and it doesn't, you know, it's never work to, 
go out and tell your story again for an altruistic purpose again to try and help uh, the next generation or kids or anybody right you can be an adult as well like feel like you belong here and that somebody else like has gone through a similar struggle so I encourage you to write books I encourage you to get a you know podcast all that kind of stuff like you are a star in the making and um just you're gonna go far so I just wanted to uh, oh, when I heard that, you. I just like, boom, like you got it, not worried about anything you got going on. Like you are going to, you're going to take the world by storm because like you have your story and you know it and you are willing to um, give back for the community that, you know, did so much for you. So thank well, you for being here. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah. And, and like we've talked about, it's, it's our role. It's our duty to do that as an amputee, as a female, as a fellow adoptee. Um, I feel like that's where I am supposed to be representing and sharing that to other people and and giving people hope in those areas and i don't know it just comes down to i think that's my job that's my role um in those areas of my life same same to you thank you yeah i could not wait to see what you do next like do you have like you know any any shout outs anything you want to talk about just on on your end and you know i think i'm realistically you know done with um you know my my interview with you but i'm uh more willing than you know give you all the airtime you want to talk about anything you want so go ahead man oh gosh i feel like we've touched on a lot um i don't know i'm gonna need some prompts here yeah no i'm with you i'm I, with there's you there's so like, many people i could shout like out if to. you like you're are you're you're looking for a job right i yeah like okay so like between. hypothetically right if somebody were to see this and like they're hiring like what um are you you know uh you looking for like what are you bringing to their company again like you know here's this incredible person there but like what do they maybe not find online or something that you would want them to know sure well i think there's so many things on a resume you just can't or so many parts of your life you can't put onto a resume um and so you know if i've well hate to make this job related but like if somebody did here it's like i think i bring a different perspective to a job um different life experiences and um, a different level of passion and empathy um, to the in the work that I do. Like I graduated with in communications, and my, my favorite part about that is is the people side of it, learning about people, how we behave, how we communicate. Um, and for me, I want to take that into business, and I want to be a light in business. And a lot of times, you know, corporate America can be very dark, and um, I feel like it's my role and my job, and and hopefully, um, what I excel at is is to be a light in that area and um pour in my skills and my passions in that way wow um thank you so much elena evans uh could not be more humbled and grateful to have you on the show and uh kind of again before we go kendall is sick uh he's out uh this episode but kendall will be back next week we have an incredible guest we're gonna touch as well on the mitchell miller boston situation also quick shout out to Youth Hockey Hub, Tony and Peter, Blue Ox Tournament. Good luck this weekend, boys. Another shout-out as well to the Urban Hockey Foundation and the Dusters League, Third Coast Coaching, Sarah Devereaux, Eric Vetch, and the Huey Lau family for the book donations. The classroom reading anti-bullying workshop is, you know, incredible situation, incredible opportunity, and these kids really need it. So thank you so much, and they really appreciate being able to go home with that book. I also want to shout-out that there's a book signing on December 15th, at Devani's on Gus Lane. So thank you so much again for listening, and we cannot wait to have you tune in next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Yeah. I can do what I want to make you a believer.
Jonah. I make you a believer, make you say I.